G'day, good lifers, and welcome to week three of our series on Upside Down. It's a series that's taken out of the book of Acts where Paul and Silas on this amazing missionary journey come to a place called Thessalonica, where in three weeks they had so much influence in the city, uh, but yet they had people that were a little bit perturbed and stirred up a riot. Their words literally in the street square were the men that have turned the world upside down have come here also. And our prayer as a church is not to create riots, but that at every place that we have a good life church now and in the future, that good lifers would be the kind of people that are influential, that are loving, that are sharing the gospel, that the message of God gets out because we live lives of influence as individuals and as a team. I'm believing that wherever there's a church, that the whole community would be affected literally for good because we're a church that's for our city. This is a key thing of our heart as a church and we want to empower you to do your very best at that and for us to unite to be brilliant at it. So God bless you. No matter where you are watching this video at, uh, whether it's at Toronto or at Foster Tunkari, at Newcastle or at Maitland, it's uh, my wife and my's honour. That was came out weird, wasn't it? My wife, Rebecca's, and my honour to be your lead pastors, to be your senior pastors, and to be uh, to be called and charged with the opportunity to equip a bunch of believers across four cities to literally make an impact and to turn our world upside down. And so the first week was out of Acts chapter 17 and how Paul uh, taught us how to actually live lives that turn the world upside down, how to live well and shine bright in an upside down world that needs to be turned the right way up. Last week, we talked about how to make disciples of every nation or every people group. Jesus is a giver. He gives us opportunity to come together, to partake and to trust Him to go and make a difference in our world. There are so many opportunities abounding for every Christian. And uh, so today we want to talk about how you can find your opportunity and to do brilliantly at it. Now, because there are so many opportunities, therefore we need to dig into it and find out how to find that opportunity. Um, And so to find out which one, we're going to go to Nehemiah and chapter 8. This is in the Old Testament. This is a guy who'd previously been in an amazing position of power and used that position of power and influence as a cupbearer to the king of Babylon to actually come back and to help rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, to rebuild his home city, and to make sure that there was a place for God's people uh, to live, to reside, and to, uh, and to worship their God. And so he takes that position of influence and goes. I'm believing that you, in your world, in your family, in your suburb, in your street, in your area of influence, that you would literally be a person of influence that could see great things happen for God and you would believe God for that to happen in your lifetime and through your life. Anyway, so Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 4. They've rebuilt and now they're celebrating. And it says, uh, we can read from verse 2. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. 
He read it aloud from daybreak till noon as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men, women, and others who could understand. Which stands to reason if there's men and there's women and others that could understand. I don't know what they were thinking. But anyway, we get there in the end. And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Ezra, the teacher of the law. So there are some people that are called to teach. And that's brilliant. And you watch what happens for this guy. Ezra, the teacher of the law, stood on a high wooden platform built for the occasion. Just read that back again. I want you to walk with me here. And I want you to realize what God is actually unpacking right here. Because Ezra is a teacher. And he stood on a high wooden platform, a specific type of building, a specific type of platform, but it was built for the purpose. It was built for the occasion. And I believe that every Christian has a purpose, both inside and outside the four walls of the church. Um, Every Christian has a purpose and it requires a platform for you to stand on it, to be able to stand for the occasion of God's influence coming into your world. And so whether you're a DJ at Foster, whether you're a baker at Redhead, whether you're a civil contractor in Maitland, whether you're a university lecturer in Newcastle, there is a platform and an opportunity that God has given you. There is a platform for you to influence. And it's a platform that I don't have. Sometimes, we think to do something great for God, it's got to look like some picture that we've kind of come up with that God uses those types of people, but not those types of people. But the deal is that if we want the influence, if we're believing to be people that unite and bring our energies to turn literally our cities and our world upside down, we don't just need preachers. Well, if we're all preaching, like with microphones on platforms in churches, well, well, that doesn't work. We don't just need leaders just in the life of church. We need leaders in our community. We could literally turn the world upside down if Christians served and became politicians, became principals in schools, became business owners that were brilliant and made money and built influence for the kingdom of God. If our greatest sports stars were Christians, if our people in the media were Christians, if the best mums and dads were Christians, if the best social workers were Christians, if the best professionals were Christians, this is it's not just about real life thinking, well, look, to be someone who turns the world upside down, I've got to be a preacher, I've got to be a pastor. Well, no, leave that to those people. If the pastors are meant to pastor, well, let them pastor. Uh, if, if, if those who are meant to administrate are meant to administrate, well, get me out of the way because we'll all be in trouble, ladies and gentlemen. But if you're meant to make uh, the kingdom of God look resplendent because you were brilliant as a mum, that you were brilliant as a business person, that you were brilliant as a salesperson, that you were brilliant as a student, well, God bless you. I remember when I was a youth pastor, I had a young man that was, uh, look, a handful And uh, he actually sold Mercedes-Benz cars. This guy could sell ice to Eskimos. This guy was an amazing salesman. And he was struggling within this workplace that he had because he was trying to be a Christian and trying to avoid old habits, (laughs) let's say. 
And he would go to work and then they would be throwing around in the staff room pornographic material. And I remember having an appointment with this young man. He's Pastor Dave, I want to get out. I don't want to do this. And I said, why not? He goes, oh, I I want to be a pastor like you. And I said, well, if you're meant to be a pastor, well, let's get you going. But I said, at the moment, you're doing brilliantly. What's the problem? He told me about it. He said, they're throwing it. They're putting, he'd open up a, a folder. They'd, they'd stash these pornographic things all over the place. And it was really, you could, if it was happening these days, there'd be a workplace harassment kind of situation right there. But it was back before then. And I said to him, mate, I said, can we help you stand strong in the face of this opposition? He says, what do you mean? So we're able to unpack how to actually be strong despite the fact that these guys were making fun of him and making life very difficult. And I said, I'm praying for you because I believe that God's got great influence for you in that workplace. What I didn't realize was that the workplace influence that God had for him was more than just in that one sales yard for Mercedes Benz. And it was a beautiful sales yard to be a part of but that he became that year Mercedes-Benz top salesman for the whole of Australia. What meant after that was that he actually got flown overseas to Germany. He was showered with all these gifts that people were like, wow, you're amazing. Tell me how you do it. So a guy that wanted to get out because he wanted to have a microphone in his hand and be a pastor, was actually promoted because he walked, we walked him through how to face the opposition, the temptation, and he became the lead person in that community and that place. So I'm just saying that your platform is yours and stand upon it. If there's opposition, well, let's work through how can we can support you to be able to do that. Um, years later, that young man, now a whole bunch of years later, is not quite such a young man, And he is the pastor of one of the fastest growing INC churches in Queensland, literally changing the face of his community there. And I think, man, what a great... And he took those times, those seasons, and did his best in every single one of them. Be assured, ladies and gentlemen that God has a platform of influence for you. Be assured that you can make uh, a, a platform of influence wherever you are, no matter what the situation, you can shine brightly and you can live well in an upside down world and turn it the right way up. There is influence for you. You can make influence of the platform that God has given you, no matter what it looks like right now. And if you do well on this platform, then God will take care of the promotions. The Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by him. Not the jumps, not the leaps, the steps. I can also assure you that you will never truly be complete and fulfilled in God's will for your life unless you stand on your platform that God has created for you in the world and that you stand on the platform that God has created for you in his house. That's why the growth track which we're now into week two this week, is so important. At every location after this service, there is a growth track where you can find your purpose on planet Earth. And if you didn't make it to week one last week, it's okay. You can slot right in there straight after this service this week. I would encourage every person, if you've not yet done growth track at Good Life Church, it's time to join the team and to find out your purpose because you will never be truly be complete and fulfilled in God until you stand on your worldly platform brilliantly and your platform that God has created for you in the house of God. Even the busiest traveling business person, I would say, 
even if you can only attend church occasionally because of other commitments of life and of work, I still say to those people, don't just be a consumer in the church because after a while, it just won't be good enough for you. Be a contributor because it's good for the people you contribute, but it's also great for the posture of your soul. Um, If you become a consumer of goods and services in church, not a contributor like a family member, then after a while, things won't be good enough. And if you're a consumer, well, then every consumer has rights. Now, I'm recording this in our Newcastle campus on a Monday night. And before I did this, my cameraman, Tim Salvini, a very good looking man who's also a great barista, said, Pastor Dave, do you want a coffee? My response, yes, of course. Now, it's just a matter of which coffee I want. Tim knows that. It's either a piccolo or a small double shot flat white. Now, I'm so glad that when Tim Salvini offers me a coffee, I will probably say yes because of the quality of that coffee is going to be exceptional. God bless brilliant baristas. Not only was it a brilliant coffee that I drank before preaching this to you into this camera that Tim Salvini is currently just behind, not only was it brilliant, but it was free. But if it was garbage... Well, then I'd, I didn't pay for it. I can't really complain. I might have to work out some way that I can tip it out, but I'm not going to complain. It's a difference between a consumer and a contributor. It's amazing how many people at church complain about something and it really shows the thought that they're, or they're a consumer, they're not a family member. I love it when people find a problem though and then think of a solution. Because they're not a consumer anymore. They're a contributor. They're a family member. So I would encourage every single person, find your part to play and do it brilliantly. Give it your best shot. And if time restricts you from doing it as much as you really would love, say to that team leader, this is all I can give. How much can I come with passion and come with energy? Because you will never truly be complete and fulfilled in God until you stand on the platform that God has given you. It's created for the purpose. Like Ezra in the book of Nehemiah, it's created for the purpose for you to stand brilliantly upon outside the four walls of the church and inside the four walls of the church. It's amazing how churches used to be upside down on this topic. That people would think, well, if you want to do something great for God, I've got to learn how to be a preacher. It's amazing how many people that would have been great as business people to bring influence, to change their world in their area of influence, maybe in a profession, maybe as a business person, maybe in the media or in politics, gave it up to be an average preacher at best. And I just want to think that we want to turn that back the other way around and go, if you are shining the light of Jesus Christ, living well and shining bright, on your platform of influence outside the four walls of the church, you're turning that world back the right way up through your influence, through your love, not just what you do, but how you do it. And we celebrate you. If you're meant to be on that platform, don't give it up for something else. No, because there's influence, there's dollars, there's opportunity, and there's people that need to see your life live large. So whatever your hands find to do, can I suggest you do it with all of your might. You have been given a platform and like Ezra, it's been built for the purpose. Mark chapter two is a story about four guys 
that never actually get inside the four walls of the church. Jesus is in the house. The place is filled. He's preaching. They can't get their paralytic, their lame mate inside. So they go on the roof. They lift him down by ropes. It would have been an amazing sight. Jesus says these words as he saw their faith, the guys that he's peeking at through the, he's like, wow, he saw their faith. And he says to the guy on the floor, your sins have been forgiven you. Four guys that knew that their main calling was outside the four walls of the church, that they knew how to join with the team. They knew how to have initiative. They knew how to find a problem and then find a solution. It's amazing their heart and the spirit of these four guys. They understood that welfare opens the doors because generosity turns cynicism into curiosity and were able to bring them to Jesus. But here's the key point about these four guys. They did not have to stop and ask directions to find the house where Jesus was in. Their heart knew how to find home and they knew that this guy's answer, the guy that needed Jesus, we were the answer to bring him there. There'll be people and your call is to be great in your profession, to shine brightly and to live brilliantly in an upside down world and it will be turned up the right way because you realized I'm not just called there to do a job, I'm called there to change the world. We want to celebrate you in that. Some people within that kind of world have the spiritual gift of giving. It's an actually a spiritual gift. It's from the Holy Spirit. And we actually cover that in, uh, in Growth Track. It's not for everyone. Giving, generosity, tithes and offerings is a part of every Christian's life. But there's some people that just think, I just want to fund this thing. And I feel like I'm called by God. I've got one of my sons that just goes, how can I make money? How can I make money? And you would think, most, if I was at that age, I'd be thinking, how can I make money so I can keep it, so I can waste it, so I can spend it on lollies? He just goes, how can I make money? Because I want to give it to the kingdom of God. We're like, mate, you know you don't have to do that because mum and dad are the pastors. He goes, no, 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 no. I just want more people to know Jesus. Some people have got the gift of giving. Whether you're 15 or 55 or anywhere in between or older, the whole point is if you've got that gift, you'll be thinking, how can I make money for the kingdom of God? How can I fund? We want to plant a church in Auckland. I'm in. Pastor, you need hundreds of thousands of dollars for that one. I'm going to back that. We need to make buildings happen at all of our locations to be able to have the go forward, to be able to bring people in. We want to be able to fund that. I am in. In everyone gets to be a part of this heart for house, but some people, when we say heart for the house and hand out brochures, you're like, Man, how could I make as much money as possible to make as much impact as possible? Let me just say if you live a life of faith in your area of influence, you will shine and you will influence and you will turn your world upside down by what you do and how you do it. And when you bring that influence back to the kingdom of God, bring it back to the house of God, bring it back to the teamwork of His house right here, you will add so much energy and faith to the rest of the team. This world of faith lived out on your platform requires four things, but I'm only gonna tell you one and then I'm gonna hand it on to your location, Pastor. The one that I wanna tell you about is the one of empathy and generosity. If this world of faith lived out uh, on your platform, it's going to turn the world upside down. It won't just be what you do. It'll be how you do it. It'll be the fact that you see people and do something about it. It'll be that you see someone struggling and give them your time. It'll be that you see someone who just needs a friend and you think, you know what? I could be that friend. 
I can invite them to a barbecue. I can invite them to a movie. I could make them a meal. Is that you see an opportunity of someone in your world that maybe no other good lifer knows that person. Maybe no other good lifer has that connection and relationship and influence, but you do. You will turn the world upside down with empathy and generosity, especially if it's in the workplace, in a world of dog eat dog. If you're the kind of person that goes, you know what? They've tried to really take me down, but Jesus loves them and so therefore I will. You'll turn the world upside down and your generosity of time your generosity of talent, your generosity of treasure, your generosity of forgiveness to that person will turn cynicism into curiosity through your generosity. It's by seeing people that are right there. And me as a pastor with a microphone in my hand might not ever know or see those people apart from the fact that you're involved in their world And they've got a chance of being a part of this community because of their connection to you. And so today, across every Good Life Church, because there's people in every service right here, you're watching this video, there's people and maybe this is the first time you've ever come to church. Maybe you've come before, but you've never actually opened your heart up to the love of Jesus Christ. He's a generous God. He gets involved. He lives large, he shines bright, and he sent a friend. He sent us someone. Maybe you Googled and found us. He sent you here to hear this gospel and to hear the whole thought that God loves you. You've walked into a church that's passionate about the love of Jesus and not just keeping it, but sharing it. I hope we've been very clear about that today. And I want to give you the opportunity to pray a prayer that says, yes to Jesus, I want to start this journey with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so today, in every location, I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I want to lead us in a prayer. It's a prayer of saying yes to Jesus. It's a prayer of response to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's a prayer that realizes the God of heaven came and got involved. He saw us and then he sent people into our world to influence, to love, to share, to care, to get involved. So God, I pray today over every person in every good life service this weekend that God, you would do a work in our hearts that can't be manufactured by human hands. That God, you would put our hearts back together Life might have knocked us about. Our decisions to follow our own ways and not yours might have knocked us about. But God, today we come to you as your kids. And I pray, Lord God, as you knock on the door of every heart, that we would respond. In just a second, church, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And if you, either for the first time are saying this, you say it with all of your heart, or if you are coming back as a rededication, maybe you got distracted, maybe you got discouraged in your life of faith, but today's your day to make it right and come back to Him. I want you to pray this with all of your heart, but across every good life service, we're all going to pray this out loud and together because we're a team and we don't want anyone to be left alone. So right across this place, right in this auditorium and right now, how about you all pray this prayer Say it after me nice and loud like this. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank You today that You love me despite my sin and my mess. 
You include me in your family. And so today, I invite you into my heart. I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. I thank you that you give me a brand new start. And today, I thank you that you're the Saviour of my life. Today, I make you Lord of my life. I want to follow you for every day that I'm on this planet. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless you. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, we want to celebrate and we want to help and we want to partner with you. Uh, in just a second, I'm going to hand it off to the, the pastors in each location to finish off this message. And they'll give clear directions in what to do next. We want to help you continue that growth. Jesus sees you. And so today we want to partner with Jesus to help you from this point. It's not just a one-off thing. This is a continuation of a life of faith and we want to help you. I'm going to hand it on to the pastors. I've only covered one of the things of how to turn the world upside down by living a life of faith on your platform that God has created for you. There are three more. I'm going to hand it back to those pastors now. God bless you and I'll see you next week.